Hey everybody, today's guest on the podcast is Rob from Adeptus Psychonautica. Rob has a really great and informative YouTube channel, so when I watched a lot of the videos, I decided to fire him an email to see if he'd come on the show, and uh, thankfully he did come on the show. So we had a great chat about DMT and ayahuasca and the prisoner and <laughs> lots of other cool stuff. And um, thanks so much for his time and his experience and his knowledge within the world of psychedelics and uh, I really hope you enjoy it and if you do look at his videos on YouTube because they're really well worth watching so thanks Rob and enjoy how are you Rob I'm good thank you mate um, yeah I'm really good I've just, just come back from a, a couple of weeks vacation in Greece with my family so I'm pretty feeling pretty refreshed all right, right. Where, where are you at the moment uh, well I live in Switzerland oh do you um, yeah, so... I was wondering, because in some of your videos, I was like, is he in Switzerland all the time? I didn't know you lived... Because me being stupid, I thought, oh, well, he's English, so he's living in England. So. Well, that's not stupid. <laughs> that's a very reasonable assumption, mate. I suppose um, well, no, I, I moved out to the UK, yeah, like six, seven years ago. I just got a, a job offer over in Switzerland. So oh, wow. We sort of, yeah, moved the whole family out here, and it's, it's that's been that since then, really. Wow, what's it like living in Switzerland? Well, it's lovely, mate. You've seen, you've seen Heidi, haven't you? <laughs> you, you, you watched Sound of Music. It's not, like no, that. not in a while. <laughs> not yeah, in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's not, not on, the, uh, on the watch list for most adults. But no, it's, I mean, it's, everything is like a postcard. It's, really? It, it, yeah, it lives up to the hype. It's, it's, it's lovely. And Roger Federer is from there, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, they never stopped banging on about that. So really? You, you about his, oh, God, yeah. They're all they're, they're fanatical about their wow. like, tennis clubs. They have tennis clubs like we have, you know, five-a-side pitches. No in, way. In, you know, they're just absolutely bananas about it. That sounds like heaven to me right there. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> come over me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, go I, was, I was on the internet one night, you know, like late-night internet things as as we all do nowadays and i just happened to come across your uh your site because i was looking for something to do with dmt and mm. uh i must have watched loads of your videos because like oh this is cool because you know some of these sites that you find they're full of like people who are like um up their own arses kind of vibe <laughs> you know god god, <laughs> god complex maybe that's probably a good term I yeah. could use. There's a lot of like God complex shit going on and I'm like, no oh, man, I don't need I don't need any culty kind of stuff. So it was refreshing well, to yeah. find you. Well good. I mean that, that's exactly what I was trying to do. When I when I set off like going down this path, mm. then yeah, I was just I didn't find a lot of people's voices I, I could relate to. It's not mm -hmm. to say like I sort of hugely disliked, but there was like there was a, a lot of new agey stuff yeah. and I don't particularly relate to that and there's a lot of like you know very like hard sciencey stuff um but yeah I, I, I so once i sort of had a few experiences under my belt i thought this this is something i could provide is is that that's every every man voice on bizarre transcendent experiences <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into psychedelics I mean, realistically, I've been into it for a long, long time, uh, but it, it, with varying degrees. So, yeah, I first did LSD when I was a teenager. Um, so, and I'm sort of in my 40s now. But really, I think what kind of re kicked it all back off, because I used to see it as a very, like a recreational thing, as, as most kind of you know teenagers do with various substances. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was, DMT that I, I sort of that really sort of kicked off and I did that in my sort of like yeah, mid 30s 
Right. And just was completely knocked on my ass. Like I had no idea that this kind of like pot, this depth, even after doing LSD for like 20 years before that, yeah, I had no idea that there was this depth of a otherworldly experience within oh, this cool. substance. And I was, I mean, as with most people I do, I was like, holy shit, this, this is a thing. <laughs> like, this, is, this is worth, you know, exploring. And um, so, yeah, I, I, DMT sort of led me to uh, ayahuasca. Um, there, there was sort of, you know, there's been like mushrooms throughout and then, mm. you know, sort of San Pedro mescaline and stuff. So it, I would say it was that sort of moment about seven years ago, which really sort of kicked off my right. sort of psychedelic midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there seems to be like a massive um, interest in DMT. I think mainly because of Joe Rogan. For sure, yeah, yeah. Like you know, Rogan. Every podcast, I love Rogan, but you know, he's he always mentions DMT. He get it in there somehow, and people seem to have latched onto that. Well, I think the thing with Rogan, he he, he just acted as a hub for people who were already talking about it. So I, mean, I get you. That, I mean, that that is what Joe Rogan just does amazingly. Mm. Is just pulling. You know, you've got this, you know, kind of meathead guy who just has got his interests all over the place. It's amazing. And and I think one of, I mean, that, I mean that's definitely for sure where I picked it up from. You, you hear sort of Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell talking about being whisked away by aliens and stuff like that. And they're just so excited about it. I thought, yeah, you know, I'll have a slice of this pie. Um, but then when you see him bring like people like, you know, like, like Graham Hancock on or, you know, like Dennis McKenna and stuff. And you realize that there's actually been this thing going on under the sort of radar mm. for, for a long time. And it's, you know, you got to, I think it's where you really got to tip your hat to, to guys like Joe Rogan and also, you know, like Sam Harris and all these people who are sort of most people would consider as normal, but are willing to put their sort of head above the trench and say, no, I do this. I, mm. I do this. And there is something here worth talking about. This is not just some kooky you know hippie bullshit anymore this is there is something of value here so i mean that was it was definitely through listening to to those guys and i say and all the people who rogan pulled into his kind of you know much memed dsv dmt sphere <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, that yeah that sort of made me think okay well, let's let's see what this is all about yeah same as me man that's i never heard of dmt i was like what's dmt and then i was like well this seems pretty badass i've, I've never done dmt I, I would definitely want to do it but um i kind of came at it more of like an aspect of kind of to do with mental illness because i've been reading michael pollan's book about um i think it's called how to change mm. your mind how to yeah. change mind and uh it's fascinating how it was used for mental illness in the 50s and then of course the 60s happened and the whole doors of perception thing and hippies kind of took over and you know that kind of vibe i think that's kind of the downfall of most psychedelics was that hippie kind of thing because yeah i, I mean there's some weird stuff on it which it was when I came out here to Switzerland, so we, you know, we were making friends and connections, mm -hmm. stuff, and there was uh, one person we sort of made friends with, and she'd had postnatal depression after she started. She's this is Swiss national, right? And she was offered LSD as a as a treatment, yeah, yeah, uh, to to, to postnatal depression. Now, me and my wife, um, there was, there was uh, basically. Yeah, without getting into too much of a, of a grim story, but there was a situation whereby we'd we'd uh, we'd, we'd lost a baby, and my wife was suffering from depression as a result, and went to the doctors, and they just immediately start pushing you uh, antidepressants. Mm -hmm. So the difference in sort of you know, sort of medical strategy there of of the of the Swiss 
you know, accepting this kind of substance and looking to treat people with it and the, and the kind of the UK's blanket, there's something wrong with you, have some antidepressants. And she wasn't depressed. She was grieving. She was grieving for a, you know, yeah. uh, but in, in England, they just don't seem to have that sort of level of finesse around, you know, yeah, someone, someone's been through a tragic event that what they might not need is to be, you know, numbed up with pharmaceuticals yeah. what they might actually need is some side of some kind of program to work through it but it does seem like the, that attitude's changing all over the world so some something seems to be happening and that's that's a positive thing i think we're going through yeah there seems to be a slight shift you know that's in in, in perception of it anyways i don't think it's deemed as this t terrible thing that's going to make you lose your mind anymore no, that's, I think it's still it's still definitely on the on the kooky end of the spectrum, but that acceptance is is creeping in. I mean, yeah, like, you know, if, if you rewind ten years, I yeah, I, I'd never heard of something like say ayahuasca. I know ayahuasca is creeping in, and it's still very fringe, but it's it's there. People are aware of it, and you know, we got mushrooms being legalized all over the U.S. and stuff. And I think I, I'd imagine that. The sort of the trajectory of mushrooms is probably going to follow something like the trajectory of cannabis. I mean, cannabis is 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 more or less accepted in most places. It's kind of it's places where it's not accepted as seen as quite stuffy and conservative. Yeah. You know, and that who would have thought I wouldn't have thought I'd seen that in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's cannabis is practically mundane. No, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. And is Switzerland kind of fine with drugs? They're not like crazy arresting people or they, 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 liberal. They, they're a kind of funny one. So stuff like the the plant medicine sort of group things, so things like your ayahuascas and your, uh, you know, the 5-MEO you know, DMT from toads and stuff mm -hmm. like that, it, because it just falls into such a weird gray area where they haven't sort of really made any laws around it, then it's, uh, you won't go as far as to call it legal, but it's not, there's just no kind of law around it because it's like, yeah, how, how many plants are you going to make laws about? You know, it gets a bit too granular after a while um with stuff like uh, cannabis it's, it's very chilled over here so um yeah i mean there's there is i think you can only legally buy quite low strength stuff but still just nobody particularly cares about it yeah um and then with stuff around like like the hard substances like heroin and things like that then i they don't they go for more for a um if you if you get you know caught with it, you're still going to get sort of you know arrested for, for like position of parent. But then they'll try and treat you for it. You know they put you through oh. a program and stuff like that. So it's not just to kind of like throw you in jail and smack you on the wrist for it. Um, right. And the, yeah, they've had a great success with the sort of like heroin treatment here. So oh. I mean, luckily I don't have to. You know, I, I don't particularly <laughs> dive into those waters. So uh, yeah, stay clear of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it seems like a, a much more chill in that respect compared to like again to the uk where dmt is seen as like a as on the same schedule as heroin and cocaine yeah, that's so crazy man like yeah. to me and of course lsd was kind of was made in switzerland albert hoffman so well you know. that's it yeah we, we have the we have the big sort of bicycle day celebration in uh in basel i mean it didn't happen this year because of uh all, all the pandemic stuff but normally yeah so there's you know there's this big culture around first of all the um yeah, the the LSD bicycle day thing. Yeah. But then also we've got Carl Jung who came from from Switzerland as oh, well. Oh yeah, Carl Jung. So yeah. we've got all this all the sort of the, that kind of meshing of the psychoanalytical with the sort of the, the chemical. So this is very psychonauty 
thought exploration culture here, which is really cool. That's interesting. You're going to see Roger Federer on a bike tripping balls in Basel one day. <laughs> he already is, Matt. <laughs> you never know with these fish. So. Have you um, have you tried salvia? I've not, mate. And I, it's 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 a, a funny one because when. I, I became aware of it. Mm. I was put off it by some of the videos I'd, I'd seen on YouTube. It just, just seemed like okay. people just freaking out on it. Then I, I talked to a few people and I got talked around to, to sort of trying it. Mm. And, and at that point where I thought, okay, I'll give this a whirl, it just became incredibly hard to get hold oh, of. Yeah. So, because it used to be you could buy in the head shops and oh, all, yeah. anywhere. That's right. Um, but that's... now I've really struggled to, to find anywhere to, to yeah. get it from. Yeah, that's where I got it. I mean, I had it loads of times. I was like, this, like mm-hmm. that's it's the only psychedelic I've ever had. The only creepy, mm-hmm. the only creepy thing about it was, every time I had it, I would always hear this weird voice in my. I don't know where it was coming from, but it was in my head anyway. It's going, "This is the real world, and that world you're in is the fake world." I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so oh, I, freak me out. Creep me yeah, out a bit. Like, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's the kind of the overriding thing I'd, I'd heard about Salvi is that people seem to. Even like very experienced psychedelic users seem to get like freaked out quite easily on salvia. Yeah. Um, and that, they still say there's a benefit to it mm. because yeah, it can sort of evoke feelings of like immense gratitude as you come back into your body from these one of these like being put through some kind of psychedelic meat grinder. Yeah. Um, but I am curious. I'm, I'm, I must admit, and I, if I get the opportunity to, I'd try it. I thought it was cool. It was like being in a cartoon. But it's short, mm. you know, it's very short. It was like being in a cartoon and in my one I had to one of them anyways, I had to rescue the Mario Princess, which at the time was my mother in the kitchen, but I was <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> But I was running too slow to get in there. <laughs> Do you know, I, I, had a, I had a Super Mario themed trip once. Really? when I was yeah, I was in um, in Peru doing an ayahuasca retreat and I was transported to like like the pipe dimension, you know, where all the oh, walls yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. all the green pipes all linked together. And it was like kind of Mario 64-esque. So the, these green pipes are linking all around me. But this was like, it was like the the cosmic connections of the galaxy, like this part of the universe linked to this part Whoa. through these kind of pipes. Of, and, it, and I just remember in the middle of it all, like on the platform where like you normally fight bows or something, it was just this <laughs> toilet. I was just throwing up down this toilet <laughs> in the middle of Pike World. But in reality, there was no toilet. I was actually in the middle of this like this temple in the middle in some of the Andes, just throwing up on the floor. Oh my completely God. missing my purge bucket. And uh, yeah, it was a wild night, but it, it was so vivid how Mario it was. It was, wow. it was cool. And you puke you puke a lot with ayahuasca. Also, I mean, you do puke and mm. it, it's usually that you, you you reach a point where you just kind of get it out of you. And yeah, you, you will the depths that this stuff comes out to you is like, it, it is like no other vomit you will ever experience. It, it's so weird. It feels like it's coming out to like the lowest part of the intestine and it, you get this like no. horrific sort of rattling sound as it comes out. But when, it's, when you do it, you feel so clean. It, it, it's, it's um, and I'm so normally completely averse to being sick. If I'm drinking really, and I'm sick, that's like game over for the night. I don't want, you know, I'm done. I'm going to bed and I'll, you know, but with uh, with ayahuasca, it's it's just part of the thing, and then you sort of you get it out, you feel sort of better for it, and then and it's usually at the point where you where you throw up, that's where shit just goes bananas. It's it really Brilliant. like kicks off the whole visual experience then. Really, wow! Mm. Have you tried iboga? 
I've not known. I don't think I ever will because yeah, the um, hardcore. So, so I, I, I've got epilepsy, and part oh, of the things that, that trigger trigger seizures for me is being awake for long periods of time. Oh, and a bog is kind of notorious for like keeping you awake for like twenty four to seventy, you know, yeah. seventy two hours. So, I just don't think it's one I, I'll, I'll ever be able to get around to. But again, I'm super curious, and uh, my wife is really up for it. She wants to go and do like the full thing in in <laughs> Africa, like so. I might go and do it, like do it as a spectator, but um, yeah, I, I, I seventy-two hours. I mean, even epilepsy side, seventy-two hours a week just sounds like hell to oh, me. Oh man, like, yeah, I I never, just, I'd never heard of a boga before, and I watched um, Bruce Parry. This guy used to have this documentary called The Tribe, and he'd go live with each different tribe, and he was doing, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a great documentary, TV show, but he was doing a boga. <laughs> he was just wired, like it was just funny seeing his face. <laughs> The face of death. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've watched a couple of really good documentaries on it, and um, there's one where yeah they're doing the sort of I don't I don't know if, if if it showed it in the one that you saw where, where they do the ball, but it's like it's really big mushy balls of like root bark. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. You have to eat huge volumes of this stuff. Yeah, and this they're just pushing it down this woman's throat. Oh, She's like, and there's just more more stuff, and then they're just keeping her on her feet for like yeah just days at a time just keep keep dancing keep dancing it's like oh, it, it looks like hell um, yeah yeah i don't i don't know can I, can I stomach it uh I, I was on on retreat once with a guy who did who did a burger and he's yeah he said he wasn't in a rush to, to do it again <laughs> but he he'd done the full sort of um african buiti um okay. initiation ceremony and he says it was really tough because yeah they're just sort of like part of it is, is like an endurance test you know mm -hmm. sort of what you're on your feet just constantly dancing you know even if you get like completely high you sort of like you fall over and you sort of like but they just pull you back up again you've got to you know so right. it's it's supposed to be a completely different thing to like anything i've done like say ayahuasca or, or mushrooms or anything like that oh what's, what's it for the long haul what's the craziest psychedelic you've done uh, it, it's probably ayahuasca, to be honest. Uh, uh, well, it depends how you define crazy. Uh, yeah. Or intense, so, sorry. What would be the intense, most it, intense it, trip for, from a drug? So, so yeah, so I, th there's, I would say smoked DMT is, yeah, without doubt, the most alien experience. <laughs> in, in one, oh, actually, it's really difficult to pass out. In one sense, it's just, it, it is, yeah, it completely lives up to the hype. It's bonkers. Really? It, it, it's, it is just insane. And, uh, you know, it's similar to Salvia. It's condensed into a very short period of time, but you don't feel like it's a short period of time. You feel... I, I've had times where I felt like lifetimes have passed really? within this, like, five or ten minutes. Fuck. But then in terms of just... Like, ayahuasca is... I wouldn't say is as vivid as, um, as smoke DMT. But the it it's just so much weirder and and sort of more organic. Like the, the kind of difference is DMT is very sci-fi, and ayahuasca is very organics and roots and sort of Gaia spirits kind of stuff going on. And uh, so yeah, it depends which one of those two you think is weirder. Uh, I don't. And obviously, the ayahuasca experience goes on for hours, so it's it's a tough one to pick. And, and I've had experiences across both which yeah you, I, I don't want to look at could could describe as like the weirdest experiences of my life but it's um i would i would probably have to say 
just of like pure like holy shit like jaw hitting the floor it's dmt it's not dmt <laughs> really it's, yeah because it's ayahuasca can be can be a, there is like a, a hit and miss element to it sometimes you can just be absolutely gone and sometimes you can be relatively sober it depends on sort of the mix of the medicine and sort of you know there's a lot of factors we've got like what, what you've eaten and things like that dmt pretty reliably you you smoke it and you you, you are yeah you can just watch people's entire picture of themselves just collapse within about 15 minutes it's 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 insane uh, and people just like reliably just come around going like what the fuck just happened like it's did, did, how did you feel after your first gm trip dmt trip you didn't feel like different personality wise no no the first the very first time i had it mm. i i was pretty sure that i i had not had the the kind of full experience because we, okay. we got the dmt and then you, you have to there is a certain technique to smoking it's not you can't just put it in a pipe and, and just go at it you need to sort of learn how you're going to do it and and stuff so i actually i actually put a video together guiding people through how to do it because it, it is a bit fiddly at first yeah um but yeah once we got the kind of got the technique which i think it was around about my sixth try that was the, the very first time i tried it it was psychedelic as hell it was at that point probably one of the trippiest experiences of my life but i knew it wasn't this wasn't it this wasn't the joe rogan aliens experience I knew that. <laughs> but i was like yeah just from a, a few hits on it i just sacred geometry is just like starts pouring out the ceiling wow. and just like the walls will, will start phasing backwards and forwards and so I, it was so trippy but i think i've seen tomorrow i don't i think there's this is not it this is not the what Joe Rogan's talking about. So let's keep going. So yeah, over like a, a period of a couple of weeks, we sort of kept trying different things. And then I, I got to my, I think it was about sixth attempt at it. And yeah, just had a absolute complete one-to-one -one reality replacement. So wow. if I was on it right now, I would no longer be looking at the screen. This like I, I would not even have any understanding of me being in a body as, as a mammalian sort of you know as, yeah. as, as a part of the human species it is everything is just completely replaced and every single experience you're having is just within here so it doesn't it doesn't really matter what's going on in the room around you anymore and it is so vivid and so like i have had entire like babylon 5-esque space stations recreated Brilliant. in in my sort of you know in this world and i've had experiences where i've been like a, a comet flying through the solar system just experiencing life as a comet you know just moments where i was like you know in some sort of celestial womb be, you know talking to all these, these famed entities and it's 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 completely believe it's more believable than believable and so when you you come you come round out of it and then you're like Holy shit! Yeah, I, I'm this. I remember now. I'm the, I'm the monkey. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's it's so. I mean, you know, to say it's insane is it doesn't do it anywhere near justice. It's amazing. It, it, right. It's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But it's it is so strange, um, yeah. but very consistent in its. Um, it's not. It's not just like strange and it's like everything's melty and it's like it's it's very structured and organized it's you know when you, you know you, you go to these temples these crystal temples and they are inhabited by these beings and there's nothing mushy about it at all it is right. as clear as you know 
as clear as, as any object here. Like, so it's a what it is this absolute reality replacement. It's wow. incredible. And have you seen the entities much in your trips, or is it just? Oh like... yeah, God yeah, I've, I've, I've in-depth conversations with them. I've, um, it's and, and they, they, you know, conversations about different things, and they take sort of different forms. I've had some where they were very clearly um, sort of humanoid. Right. Uh, some where they were very the classic, you know, X Files alien style thing. Um, some where it was just it was a divine presence that was sort of there looming over me um but would not not something i could tangibly see and sometimes the actual the place that you're in is also the entity and okay i mean that's that's one of the things with these experiences <laughs> everything is part of the thing so you you will go to a some sort of like crystal hyperspace temple. The <laughs> temple itself is alive and is transforming into its ultimate form. It will be inhabited by, by beings, which will start like summoning impossible objects into existence. And the objects themselves will then be burst into their own life cycle and start like singing other objects into it. Everything just starts Fuck. Perfecting itself, and it's you just stood there like, what the fucking hell do I do with this? <laughs> this is like, it's, it's yeah, tenth dimensional geometry constantly transforming into and and giving birth to more and more beautiful objects, Fuck. all with like this kind of chorus of harmony while you're bathing in like what feels like the light of god and i'm not religious at all <laughs> and that, but that's what it feels like it's like you are in the like you know the, the the temple of creation it's so yeah you, you just kind of it just knocks you completely on your ass it, wow do you think do you think your interests in life um influence your trips uh i it's hard to say i i I would have thought not because I was not, um, I, I consider myself fairly skeptical and okay. fairly sort of, you know, um, very sure of, I, I was very militantly atheist. I was very sort of skeptical. I was very secure in, in my sort of place of, you know, I was nothing. I was born and, mm -hmm. and then you die and then I'll be nothing again. And that's that. Okay. And so I don't think I was prepped to have some sort of transcendent experience. I, I think I was prepped for the opposite. But then I had it. And yeah, when you, when you start having these kind of, what I can only describe as like communion with what feels like a, a timeless, conscious sort of, and yeah, conscious being of which you are a part so you, this this thing recognizes you. You recognize it, and the the, the feeling of of like home is of of familiarity is insane. Really. Um, so yeah, and and you know, like Terence McKenna famously says, these you know these things are like, it's like welcome back. You 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 you're here again. Welcome back. They, and you know this, but you you recognize it instantly, even though it's as bizarre as I've just described. <laughs> you, you, it's like oh, it's this. Of course, it's this. I I know this. Yeah. It, it is so familiar that so yeah i mean i don't my my intuition is that i wasn't prepped for any of this and the the stuff i don't think i ha had the imagination to be able to come up with half of this stuff right. you know or, or it's 
it was it's way beyond something so it that kind of indicates that there's, there's something archetypal in this that there's mm -hmm. there's something i don't know something just intrinsic to the human experience that's bringing this out because people start reporting the same things and it doesn't seem to it seems to be the same thing regardless of sort of cultures or you know so it's not like when i've been to peru they're not necessarily talking about you know seeing a, a peruvian version of of these entities they, they, it's just the entities and they talk they talk about the same kind of lights and crystals and stuff like that so yeah I, I i don't think there is a kind of predisposition to it i think there could be in terms of if say if you were deeply christian or something like that or deeply you know islamic or whatever mm -hmm. and then you started feeling you know a uh, a divine force and you, you might associate that with your god and right. you know, i could see that but I didn't have a god, and I, I, I'm not sure. And I, I still don't believe in any kind of, you know, god as described by like, you know, the biblical texts or, or, yeah. or typical religious texts. But I have felt some kind of, yeah, I, I have had conversations with something that seemed like it was older and more ancient and of some kind of has existed for all time. Like, and I don't know what to make of that. To be honest, it's wow. Uh, so, did, so did it make you agnostic? You think? It definitely made me agnostic mm. because I cannot unexperience the thing I have experienced. And I don't particularly care enough to try and plant a flag in it and say, oh, well, this is this is no proof of God or yeah. or this is just like I don't I don't I, I will happily accept that everything I've just described is just drugs acting on my brain. Not a problem <laughs> with that at all. These are still some of the most amazing experiences of my life. That's all. I don't. I don't give a fuck what the, <laughs> what the yeah. root cause was. Um, but yeah, I, I think the it is a humbling experience because it's it. You do experience it, and so it does show that there is what what do we have within our kind of human experience. If there if, if the spectrum of human experience is this, like all possible experience, mm -hmm. then I would say our modern day-to-day -day existence is like that much of it and you know you can you can maybe do that much if you jump out of an airplane and go skydiving you can do this much if you scuba dive to the bottom of the you know the, the ocean and you know there's you, you get a little bit more when you sort of you know you become a parent or when you first have sex or whatever you know but still the, the amount of experience that human beings have is just seems like a very small amount of this bandwidth yeah and what these i think these substances are showing us like just like you would have seen on on salvia is that you just flick a few chemical switches and the, that spectrum of experience widens considerably. Yeah. So whether it's drugs or whether it's angels or whether it's aliens, I do not give a fuck. <laughs> what it shows me is that there is some something else to be experienced, which you can either do something with or not do something with. It's mm. you know, um, but I, I think there is, you know, there's something there to explore. There's something worth, if even if it's just purely from an exploratory point of view, just it's worth taking a look at. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a it's such a thing that you can never really know. Like people that claim, you know, you see them ancient and go, "Oh, this is what it is." You're like, "Come on, man! That's just you having some sort of weird god complex about something." Which there is many of those people definitely oh, yeah. in the <laughs> in the psychedelic world, shall we say? You know, <clears throat> it's like I'm in psychedelics. I got to grow my hair in dreadlocks now. It's like that kind of vibe, which is yeah. It's it's, it's a weird thing because it's 
I mean, you do get people who it completely humbles. Yeah. But then you do get these people who's, who's just like ego just gets completely inflated and, and yeah, start yeah. coming out with all the, all the God complex stuff. And also that comes along with a, this kind of very assuredness as well of like, yeah, I, I know what I'm talking about. I've got the answers and it's this and this. And that's, I, I kind of go in the, in, the, in the opposite sort of direction in that I think there's there's probably knowledge to be gained here. There is mm-hmm. there's certainly scientific knowledge to be gained and there's certainly, you know, yep. philosophical knowledge to be gained. But the, from where I am in the sort of, in, in my position, all, all I really care about is the, the experience I am having now, you know, so whatever goes on in this transcendent realm, I've still got to come back and, you know, I've got, I've got my wife and my kids and I've got to go to work and I've got to take a shit in the morning. You know, <laughs> I've, I've still got to live as a human being. So... I mean, yeah. What, what's the, it doesn't seem to me like a, a good use of my time to walk around going, "Oh, well, I'm I'm God and I'm so awakened and I'm so enlightened and I'm so better than than everyone." It's like, what, what, what's it done for you? What how has it made you happier? Like yeah. thinking that you're some elevated super being? Is it is your life better? You know, and it's because I see a lot of these guys and, and for most of them. I mean, they're complete fucking dweebs or freaks. So, you know, none of them seem like like particularly like where you know. I'm looking at you like, oh God, I wish I had your life. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I, I I sort of try and keep it like stay in in the normal realm and whatever experience you have here, try and try and integrate it back so that you know, okay, what what is this experience telling me? If, if I'm having this kind of, you know conversation with with god or with the divine or, mm. or or with myself in some sort of third person thing then what what can i do with that is, is that is that just me being high which is fine it could just be me being high and, when, and maybe i enjoyed it so much and maybe it made me feel you know made my life a little bit less stressful just being high so fine that call it that if you want to or the, or it can help you resolve things like you know grief or or, or depression or something like that so i i think those applications of it are much more infinitely more interesting mm-hmm. than walking around you know sniffing your own fats saying that you're god i mean yeah <laughs> good for you <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's the culty aspect that i think turns me off mm. that kind of area of psychedelics the, and i think it turns off the, the general public i think that's where they when they see the culty aspect of it they get scared and they go oh this is this and you know it's hard to change people's minds in that kind of area, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, but I, I think the the culty aspect isn't just necessarily psychedelic thing. I, I think that that's just a human thing. I mean, we see this in like, like the Church of Scientology True. or or a lot, you know, all these kind of religious cults. So don't, you don't necessarily need psychedelics to pop up, and I think it's it's. It definitely doesn't help matters, you know. I think if you, because people do get so passionate about um, these sort of psychedelic experiences, people it's very easy for people to start evangelizing about it, okay, yeah. just as they can do with sort of religion. But it seems to, I think, because some specifically with like DMT, because it is such a holy shit moment. Um, if you don't have that sort of framework to keep you grounded, then you do get people sort of like start running up to, you know, the parents and stuff like this. And, oh, I've, I've seen God and you need to try this substance. And, and you, know, you just sound like a complete <laughs> nutcase very easily. So, again, this is this is one of the voices I try and put out there on my channel is, you know, like, guys, just, just keep it keep it grounded. This is a personal journey. Try and, you know, get what you can out of it. It's, you're not going to convince anyone running around, you know. <laughs> if, if you want to evangelize, 
show people what a you know a valuable positive change you can make to yourself and you know and that, then people will start saying to you, oh, you know, has something changed? You seem, you seem better, you seem happy or whatever. But yeah, running around like a nutcase. And I, the other one I, I see a lot of is, is people start, you know, disowning, um, like say like friends or family members who aren't into DMT because because then they don't just don't understand me anymore. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it does create this kind of, um, let's say kind of a cultiness, a, a bad impression of it. But um I think that's it's like I said. I think I think that's more down to strength of character than, than anything because you, you easily get the same thing with religious, you know, people who predispose yeah. to religious behavior or or even fucking owning an Apple phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people can be very dogmatic about really anything. Where it's it could be politics, it could be a football Politi- team, yeah, it could I be get... anything really. You know. Well, so. that's it. I mean, there's there's so little sort of in the middle discussion about so many things everything is it's it's binary this or that yep. And yep. I, I cannot stand i'm shit. with you on that man and so and that's you know that's what when i have these experiences i get all, all the guys who are having the i am god experience i get what they're talking about it is this is a beyond a powerful experience it is <laughs> I mean, when people talk about it as being transcendent there is it, it is the right word for it it really is um, but yeah, you, you cannot just like, you know, get totally absorbed into that world and then start sort of, you know, as, as though that's like the ultimate truth. And I'm sort of like trying to occupy the space of, I have seen that it, it, you're absolutely right. It's amazing. And yes, I, you know, all the, all the science side of thing, that's, that's all interesting, but let's just have that sort of middle voice. We don't all have to jump into one sort of camp of like, Oh, this is, this is just people on the, off the tits on drugs or, well, you know, this is, you know, we are, we are the highest frequency of evolution of human beings that ever will. It will take us to the ninth paradigm of like, fucking hell. Yeah. I, I kind of like, I would love to do DMT, but I'm wondering, I'm so fucked up. I'm like, will that fuck me up? Is this going to fuck my brain up even more? So it's kind of, I would do it, but I'm, I would be kind of, I'd be thinking, shit, man, what's that going to do to me? Just because I know the type of person I am. Mm. I, I guess yeah it is one of the things where you sort of you, you've got to weigh up the sort of the pros and cons of it for yourself I, yeah I, I actually I, I think it is a startlingly sober experience so depending on, on like on on where you, you you sort of you are on the kind of you know on the you know addictive behaviors or whatever like that yeah then yeah it a lot of I would say my the way I look after myself and the quality of my lifestyle improved dramatically post DMT, and I cannot take any credit for that at all. So it's not like I, you know, I my alcohol intake reduced dramatically, and I still love getting pissed. I still, you know, don't get me wrong, I love going out and having some beers and doing karaoke and yeah. hitting myself. But um, but yeah, I, I thought of. And also my, my sort of capacity for junk food and stuff. I just found myself wanting stuff a lot less. And that was completely unintentional. So, and that's a story I, I hear quite often. So I think, I don't know. Again, I don't want to be that person evangelizing it. But yeah. I think it, it, it fucks people up a lot less than what you might think it does. And But again, I would say the main warning signs, if, if you're like predisposed to, um, you know, like schizophrenia or something like that, then it's it's certainly something to take into account. Yeah. Um, because it, it is, it, 
it can be just incredibly destabilizing because it, it does completely destroy or it can completely destroy your, your sense of, of who you are. It's Yeah, yeah. I think I think um that's kind of what happened Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. He kind of was he was predisposed to have mental issues and when he took acid and took it a lot, it brought out mm. all that shit inside him and it kind of fucked him. I'm not saying he wouldn't have been fucked up anyways, but you know, who's predisposed yeah, it, it, it exacerbates the condition. Same with yeah. the guy from uh, Pink Floyd as well, isn't he? Sid Barrett, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're two, kind of two cases around the same time, which is which is kind of fucked up. But like, could you imagine what they were doing back in the day? Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like well, the yeah. odd bit, you know. Well, plus, I mean, I think at, at that time as well is, this is when that, that first kind of like, you know, psychedelic revolutions happened. Yeah. And not, yeah, there weren't really any kind of like, the ceiling hadn't been established no. yet. So I, I, no. God knows the volumes of stuff they were doing and how frequently they were, they were doing it. I, I'd um, say it was fucking hardcore now. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean all that. But well, yeah, Brian Wilson was—he fucking completely lost his shit, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But bit of a genius, but you know. Oh yeah, up. for sure. And that's a weird balance, actually. But that that thing between like the line between genius and sort of insanity. The they're both the same know, thing in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's there is something. Yeah, that 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 line, you know of creativity it does lean into that sort of or tap into that kind of that transcendent boundaryless quality that you get from psychedelics so yeah i think if you if you tip those scales a little bit too much with you know like excessive amount of psychedelics and yeah say it could be very destabilizing yeah especially creativity you know you tend to think a lot more because you know you're you're questioning everything, and questioning everything can lead down a bad path because you start going a bit mad. <laughs> yeah. It's good to question things, but too much can be a bit, you know, just can drive For you sure. a bit mental. Especially when you're in their position, which I think you know ties back into what you're saying about like the the guys who get a bit culty. Is uh, it, I mean, what the fuck did Brian Wilson's existence look like? You've got people who you know. I mean, didn't you have like Charles Manson kissing his feet on on the on the driveway? So you know, you got people just worshiping <laughs> you, worshiping your creativity. Yeah. And so yeah, so I, I can only imagine that you know he, he gets completely high on acid, and starts saying some strange things. Who's going to tell Brian Wilson to like, well, dude, shut up, man. You need to put the fucking brakes yeah, on. Brian, like, chill out, man. <laughs> yeah, just, the, uh, the Manson just, just, thing. I've made some cocoa. Here you go. Just don't sit down. <laughs> I actually read a book about Manson recently um, called Chaos. It was an mm. ama amazing book and it went into all... It was quite strange because like you're saying about the kissing Brian Wilson's foot. I think it was Dennis's brother whose foot he was kissing because he was involved with Dennis. But... Yeah. It went into all that stuff with uh, MK Ultra to do with I the. Think I heard, I, I, oh, I heard it's an amazing book. book. It's an yeah, amazing I think, book. I, think, I Duncan Trussell, I think it was talking about it. It's and, a uh, great book. It's called Chaos. It's called Chaos. Tom O'Neill is the author. It is fantastic. It's you're kind wasn't, of. Wasn't the, isn't it like that? So Charles Manson was actually he he was was he like a plant or something like that or it's it... kind of insinuated in the book yeah yeah, yeah. There's, it, it's very interesting I won't I won't, I won't spoil it I'll definitely put that on my reading but list but it's uh, yeah it's just crazy like the MK Ultra stuff is crazy you know when you say it to people they go that's a conspiracy theory you're like no no they've released 
that. I'm, well, I mean, it, it, it is and it isn't, isn't it? Because it's like, I mean, it's the same with all like conspiracies. It, it's, 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 it's because it's a conspiracy theory doesn't necessarily make it not true. That's you know, it. I mean, everything is a kind of, a, you know, a conspiracy <laughs> theory. And it's, yeah, I always think the, the most interesting conspiracy theories are always the kind of like those ones, like the weird ones, like ra rather than your kind of, you know, your um, Area 51 stuff. But yeah. When you, when you like something like MK Ultra, which is very feasible. And I mean, it's, it's pretty much sort of rubber stamped as, as, as factual. You yeah. Know? So it's, then, yeah, it's like, did did nobody like stop and, and think about like <laughs> like the ethics of what was going on? Because like, I you know heard about like just guys going into work in the offices and they're just spiking people's coffees and shit. Like, yeah, like, yeah, ridiculous quantities of of LSD. One guy kind of went a bit crazy and he mm -hmm. jumped out a window. So I think they fucked him out a window. That's probably more likely what happened. <laughs> so. <laughs> But it's it's mad, like, because like something like that is out of the X Files, like, mm -hmm. or what would be in the X, you know, well, the X Files took it from that. But you know what I mean? It's it's like the things in life that you would go, that's bullshit, can be quite true and quite scary. Yeah, yeah. the one I, one I like, I don't, I don't know if you've um, there was a documentary that um, uh, John Monson did uh, a while ago. They showed it in the UK where it was about when. Uh, so I think because MK Ultra, I think it was like a CIA sort yeah. of. Um, uh, trying to application um but yeah it, within the uh, sort of united states military and again this has been sort of rubber stamped as like factual um but when they were trying to look into unlocking psychic powers in soldiers and sort of and uh, they set up this this there was this general who's, who's who set up this this unit um called like the first earth battalion and they were sort of like yeah they were basically trying to train like jedi super soldiers that with the men with their gods it is. That's well. That's where that that, that film book. comes and the book comes from. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's, and it's the fact that this is like the military and they're just trying all this stuff and like nothing is off the table. Like they will, yeah. So that's so you get all this, and it sounds ridiculous now. This trying like you know staring at goats and staring at hamsters, trying to kill hamsters with you know. The, yeah. But it's yeah. That's what they were doing. It's and again, it's like <laughs> they don't think like hold on a minute. Yeah, they, this is fucking. They could still be doing that shit for all we know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I would be surprised if they aren't. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's like uh, like we we're saying here. There seems to be a slight resurgence in the uptick of people who's interested in psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Well, for sure. I mean, there's, there's all this research going on. So, I think. I mean that. I mean that was the kind of the application they were looking at in like MK Ultra was for like mind control mm. sort mm. of stuff, which I'm not sure is a, a feasible outcome of <laughs> of what you're going to get. I think you're going to get the opposite with psychedelics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's kind of it's 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 interesting to see you know what what is going to what, you know, what might come out of the sort of the clinical research that's going on with all the sort of you know people using it for depression and clinical settings stuff like that. I think it's a yeah, it must be a fascinating time to be uh, some sort of researcher. You know? Yeah, and the thing about it is in the 50s, the research for like with depression and anxiety and OCD and even alcoholism was unbelievable. They had, mm -hmm. they even went to um, the guy who found um, oh, Alcohol, Anonymous, uh, Alcohol Anonymous and mm -hmm. he was he was like a proponent of it and the people in the company were saying, no, no, we can't get, you know, we can't get hooked up with this whole psychedelic stuff so that kind of squashed it but it was no it was 
well used in the 50s for like treating stuff you know like people used to microdose all the time and yeah you know it, it's it would be interesting to see if that will come back in the next few years what the, what the microdosing aspects mm, are mm. i mean i th- I just, I'd say there's, there's been like a resurgence of that. I know, I know it's supposed to be quite a big deal in like Silicon Valley, where everyone's sort of looking for like the, you know, the edge when it comes to, you know, like the programming and stuff like that. Or particularly when they're talking like new sort of paradigms of programming, like like around like quantum computing and shit like that that I have no idea about. <laughs> but so, but so yeah, I, I tried a bit of Microsoft myself, and I didn't really get anywhere. I didn't notice any sort of any benefits where I thought, well, this has made me, you know, a better, you know, I, I work in IT, so this has made me a better programmer or this has made me, you know, more productive. And uh, I, I found it was quite hard to, to find the balance between the sort of the micro and the macro dose. Like, so some, like, some days I'd be at work just thinking, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> like, just enough to notice, but like, okay, just keep, keep my head down, you know. Just... <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that that's the thing. How do you microdose yourself? Like, you know, what's what? Think, what is the? I don't know. Are you supposed to be tripping when you're microdosing? Or are you supposed to be? No, cat? no. You, 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 my understanding is you're supposed to. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be imperceptible. Um, if if you can feel it, then you've kind of you've gone wrong somewhere. But the the thing that I was trying to microdose with was mushrooms, and they're so variable. Oh. So, you know, you could have you could have x micrograms of mushrooms and not feel anything and then it's a question of like okay well was that enough or was that not enough because yeah you're just not feeling it and then yeah you could do a similar thing and that, well that just happened to be the extra strong mushroom so now right. like you know, <laughs> things things are a little bit more lively around the coffee machine <laughs> that, that day i see i seen that video you did with the anamaska i'm gonna say it wrong the fucking uh mushroom the red and white one Oh, Amanita Muscaria. That's the one. That's the one. Mm-hmm. What was that? That that seemed like a bit of a drunken kind of trip, was it? Yeah, it's it's more kind of, um, yeah, more sort of like disassociative kind of thing. It was, okay. it was, it was pleasant. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't tripping in the same kind of family as as you sort of you sort of trips. I mean, drugs like you know, psilocybin and LSD sort of thing. It was. Um, I don't know why it was kind of its own, own, own thing. It almost like some kind of uh, anesthetic type thing. I don't know. It was, um, and it was when I, apparently I'd, I'd only had quite a, a light dose. I, did, I mean, you get always get to know where people come in the comments go, "No, I didn't have enough. Should have had more. Should have <laughs> yeah. double that." And it's like, yeah, I'm got some fucking mushroom that's notorious for killing people. So I'm just going to start off, you know, eating plates of it. <laughs> So, so yeah. Apparently, I, 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 the dose I had was like a kind of a medium dose. So I'm going to give it another whirl and try for a, a stronger dose. And now that I've, I feel like I've got a, a feel for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the main thing I I got from that was just um, this like this kind of the pain, this painkiller effect I got from it, where it was, oh. it was all the kind of aches and pains that I've I've picked up along the way to uh, hitting my age just. Went to win, I felt like a right sprite chap again. As well, so. <laughs> and and is it quite is it quite dangerous? Um, it well, yeah. So it, it, if done incorrectly, mm. and but the that element of it, the, the comparison that's put to it is like 
it's like preparing food. It's if you if you go and just start chomping through the chicken breasts in the fridge, then that's dangerous as well. True. But you prepare the chicken and then you you know it, and then it's got you've got lovely tasty chicken. Yeah. Same with Amanita muscara. If you just start picking up toadstools out of the field and start chomping down on them, yeah, you're probably going to start you know having some unpleasant effects. <laughs> but if if you you know you, you put them in the oven and you bake them for a bit and you dry them out and yeah, I had zero unpleasant effects from it. Like it far less than I'd had on from like normal magic mushrooms or ayahuasca or, or anything like that. I felt absolutely fine from it. So if you just prepare it right, it's it's perfectly safe. Do you think that's a big thing where people just that go, oh, I'm going to get a mushroom and pick it and they eat it and they don't read into anything about preparing it or anything like that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the other. I think there's one thing we can say about the world. There's no shortage of bellends, is there? I mean, you know, you got all you know, people, you know, the, the you know, thing that I remember, I remember from being a kid is like, you know, people talking about licking frogs and all this kind of shit. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, there, there's some truth in that you can, you can get high from from a certain frog. Um, if I've, I've done it, it's fucking insane. Really? <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, heard these, these, um... I have. I heard the Mike Tyson licking a frog. I don't know what he called. He was going... Well, it's, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not like what you do is you, you get these, 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 it's actually a toad or something from being pedantic. <laughs> but you get these toads and they've got like yeah, these, these glands and you squeeze these glands and this kind of like milky resin comes out of it. Okay. And you scrape all this resin together and put it in a pipe and smoke it. And yeah, you get it. I get, well, again, it's 5-MeO-DMT, so it's like as it's as bonkers as DMT and ayahuasca sort of mashed together. Fuck. It's fucking insane. It's called the toad, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 but, it, but like, how the fuck do you figure that out? Yeah, who figured <laughs> that out one day he's in a fucking Caesar frog? Yeah. Going, I might squeeze this lad here. and Yeah, it's just this one. Not that one, but this one. <laughs> like, some, some guy's just making their entire way through every possible frog. Like, what are you doing, Jeff? Just, just put the fucking frogs down, man. Yeah, it's fucking... It's, it's, uh, it's mad, because we have, like, DMT in our brains. See, I don't know about it. This, this is one of those kind of myth things that's kind of popped up. Yeah. Which, from, from my understanding, there's actually fuck all evidence for this. Um, so this was something that was hypothesized by uh, Rick Strassman, who did, who did these DMT trials, where, mm. where the kind of the name, the God molecule, got popularized. And his and hypothesis was that, yeah, that we have some sort of androgynous uh, uh, DMT and that maybe this is what's responsible for, for dreaming or near-death experiences but that it's never actually been um, sort of validated like that's that's true there's no there's not been any DMT found within a human I think they did something with a rat and they found some some DMT in a, in a rat brain but not in humans so it could be there or it could not be there but people are just going out on the shields <laughs> for this this thing that they're, they're like yeah, humans produce DMT and, you know, so therefore, you know, you could go into some sort of like your trance or whatever. And just I've sort seen of that. Make yourself sort of release DMT. And I mean, it, I, it, I just think it's one of those things like I, 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 people want it to be true because then it makes it seem more kind of sacred somehow. Or maybe some whole, and if it, if it is true, then then fine. But it's not yet. So like, yeah. I just, it's... Yeah, it's just one of those kind of bits of pseudoscience that's got a, got its claws in as a, and become a sort of a factoid. But yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we if we do. I mean, <laughs> the, no. the, the overlaps between the psychedelic space and like the dream space. Are, are, I mean, again, 
but you know when i talked earlier about this kind of one-to-one reality replacement and that is what a dream is i mean yeah it, you are you are having a dream and as far as you are concerned that, that that is what is going on at that point your brain is is simulating this this reality around you. i mean that's what our kind of brains are is most you know simulation machine so yeah i wouldn't be surprised but it just um i guess it's just all this the, the skeptic asshole and just, like, <laughs> just, just wants like gosh stop getting so excited about this this thing which you know it's it's who cares <laughs> it's like aliens i want aliens to be true they're probably not like they are but i really want them and to look exactly like the look on the x-files i'm sure that's not true in any fucking way but the thought of it is fucking... i've seen them <laughs> Oh, well, you've seen them, mate. Well, you've seen them. What, what, actually, what's it like uh, listening to music on DMT? Uh, yeah, uh, beyond <laughs> incredible. Really? So, Fuck. yeah, it's an, it, it completely reshapes the experience. Um, so, what we, you know, I, I, I would actually say the more abstract the music, mm. the, the better they think. If you, if you, you want to try and avoid something that you kind of your brain can lock onto as like a pattern or um, or something. So so yeah, you want anything with like a very regular beat. Uh, I, I would say it's probably not too great. Um, but I had I, so I used to listen to a lot of um, sort of soundtracky um, stuff, like very ambient um, sort of swirly synthy soundtrack stuff, mm. and that was really good for it. But then um, the thing that they're doing in in South America, when you go on one of these retreats, the, you have these sort of South American shamans and, and they, they sing these sort of chants called decoros. And it's in some South American, like, it's actually, it's, it's in a, like a, a kind of, um, its own sort of language. It's not necessarily Spanish that they're speaking or something. It's just this, okay. this sort of psychedelic language. And it sounds very basic. And so you think, oh no, no my, my, I'll, I'll stick to my synthwave stuff. <laughs> if you listen to these decoros and when it, it is, it, it is, I mean, the way they describe it, these, these, these shamans, is that, yeah, they are, because they've kind of grown up with these sort of plants and there's culture so into one with it, they've just developed this, this, this language of, this, of the psychedelics, that kind of transcendent language. And they are mediating between these worlds. So that's the job of the shaman, is to just conduct the symphony of this kind of union between the transcendence and the material a fucking hell honestly man you have to you have to see this thing too i was like fucking i i remember like the first time i went to one of these retreats i was thinking i was gonna smuggle in my phone and put, put my earphones in <laughs> yeah, all, all, all this all this shit no, i know what music i like i know but yeah honestly I'm, I'm a kind of believer in it now it's um it really does tie this when you're in that DMT space and you've got this this shamanic singing, it it just complements it so perfectly. Really? And they, yeah, they kind of like up the tempo and do different chants and just shit just starts happening around you. Like and and they're Fuck. summoning like patterns into being and stuff. So it's very, yeah, it it made it made me particularly as, as like I said as, as a skeptical person, mm. then it just made me realize that there is a a whole kind of other other perspective that we we are sort of like not particularly aware of and that that perspective is just this a relationship with the transcendent and whether it's supernatural or or not i don't think it particularly matters but it's there is there is a culture that has developed in relationship to these substances and it's where it's just like 
you know, for me, this is like the most significant experience of my life. And then it's Tuesday. It's like, it's just, you know, what, what, what did you do today? You know, Charmin. Yeah, I'm completely fucking right. I was talking to the trees or fucking the Jaguars were raining out the sky. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. What do you do tonight? More of the same. So just, they've got this, this language and this lifestyle around it. So yeah, I would say if, if I would definitely, if, if, if you do go there, try checking out some of these, these shamanic ecros, it's, didn't mind blowing it's uh and, and it sounds so basic when you listen to it yeah sober it's crazy i i seen online there was a lot of like retreats where people mm-hmm. go to like the uh, holland and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um i don't know <laughs> it's I, I it's worth doing i mean i i would say it as purely as, as an experience. Mm. I mean, I, I've done I've done a few. I've done retreats in the in uh, through Europe, and I've done a few, a few retreats in South America. Mm. And you know, there's there's a kind of a bit of a like a debate, like you know, online of um, yeah, is it worth going doing one of these retreats? And like, like, what's the point? I can do this in my own bedroom. You know, what's the point of, of doing a retreat? Yeah, you know, and then the, and then you still you get these kind of like these polar opposites like we were talking about before where it's like some people are saying you should only ever do this with a shaman or you'll die you'll die oh, your okay, brain yeah. will explode and some <laughs> people saying that's complete bullshit there's no these people are savages there's no point in listening to the mumbo jumbo yeah. and again the truth is somewhere in the middle so i do psychedelics here in my home i do it here with my wife and i also go and do these retreats in south america they both have like immense value but i mean you, you in terms of like if, if you get the opportunity to go and do one of these things in South America, then yeah, fucking go and do it. It's the, it's the rainforest. It's paradise. I mean, like, <laughs> if you think like you, you can going to have, you know, there's no value in having the deepest psychedelic experience of your life surrounded by a culture that is completely all about psychedelics in the middle of the fucking Garden of Eden with like, you know, a chorus of frogs and like the sound of the island. If you don't think that's better than your bedroom, you're off your head. <laughs> of course it is. It's fucking amazing. Like, and again, it's, that's like, if you get the chance, like, I'm not saying like, like that people get like pissed, like, like, oh, well, I, you know, I, it's too expensive or whatever. And shit. Yeah, of course it, it is expensive. Not everyone can do it. And that doesn't devalue, yeah. you know, the experiences that I've had here in my home, mm. but still, it's like it, it would it'd be like sort of sitting there, like saying, "Oh no, you know, sitting there on the moon, watching the Earth rise, tripping your bollocks." Oh, that sucks. I'd much rather be in my bedroom. <laughs> like, like, it's a fucking stupid. It's amazing. <laughs> like, of course, you want to see the fucking Earth rise above the fucking mountains of the moon, you tit. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would. There is definitely value in these retreats, and the, the other kind of value to it is that. Like if you are, if you do have some kind of condition or some sort of pro, like, say you're looking to overcome like, you know, depression or mm. PTSD mm. or something, like there is a there is a medicinal structure to these retreats where they sort of you basically you're in therapy twenty four seven. You know, right. there are there are people sort of talking like, you know, working out what it is that's bothering you, working out what it is you need to work on, you know, working out what you need to sort of like what message you want to be sending into this experience and what you know and, and then helping you interpret it afterwards so you're in you, you go on like a two-week retreat you're, you're in therapy for two weeks and yeah. like the deepest therapy of your life <laughs> and i've been there with guys who have been in like the military like one guy who was like when we got there 
this guy had just forgotten how to be a human being. He'd been watching his friends just blow up all around. He'd done Shit. like eight years in the Middle East. He Fuck. was sort of, he'd just completely forgotten who he was. And yeah, after like sort of, you know, a, a, a few days at sort of Ioski, he was, he was just smiling ear for ear to ear. Like, holy shit, I've not laughed in years. And I know, yeah. so, and I don't think you're necessarily going to get that same kind of result just tripping, tripping in your bedroom because you've it. not got that same kind of expertise around you. So there is a value to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just depends on what people are looking for so i don't think again it's i don't think either of these things are exclusive i think you can you know trip your bollocks off have an absolutely transcendent experience right in the comfort of your own home and that has you know just as much value as anything else yeah but it's a bit like if i was going to do you know if i was going to do my own dental work i wouldn't well i wouldn't do my own dental work i'd go to a fucking dentist you know you don't you, sometimes you, you put your hands you know you put your well-being in the hands of an expert and if you've got like severe mental you know issues like you know ptsd or depression yeah. why would you not you know invest in your own well-being and, and yeah. you know try it instead of just fucking sitting there and trying I'll bang up a burger in my bathroom, you know, <laughs> having a bath. <laughs> see where that goes as I plummet out the window. Somebody goes later, fucking eyes like plates. <laughs> you know, Bob Mortimer does his own dental work. And do you know what? That is insane. I watched that clip like probably less than a week ago. Same as me, about a week yeah, ago. Well, how did that pop up? Is on my would I lie to you? My brother yeah. messaged me saying about you know Bob Mortimer does his own dental work. I was like, what? And he sent me the link. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why that just popped up in, in my face. Same uh, crazy. Yeah, and, and, he, and he does it so convincingly that yeah, he's like, this, but this is, come on, as you see, he climbs on his kitchen counter and it shines like, <laughs> it just sounds like complete bullshit, but yeah. I believe, believe it, Bob Martin, he's a legend. Oh, he's fucking, have you seen that show he does, the Gone Fishing one? No, I'm not. I'm not I'm it's not brilliant. It, it's like, uh, I don't fish, but um, it's him and Paul Whitehouse. Right. And they just go off to like different places around England fishing and they kind of, they stay in a little place and they talk and Bob Mortimer's shit at fishing, but Paul Whitehouse is really good at it and he's like getting angry at him and uh, it's fucking good, man. It's just like, oh. just two dudes hanging out, chatting, no other shit, like, and uh, it's really cool. Really well, I, mean, I, I, I would say there's one dude, like, yeah, I could, could like hang out with Bob Mortimer. It just seems like... Just, just like the coolest, one of the coolest dudes ever. Just, he's just a dude. Like, what's it? Um, have you eaten food on DMT? Uh, no, mate. You don't. You not on. Well, it, it, I've eaten food on ayahuasca, um, but Ice on cream. DMT, you, you, you've not not even really got a mouth to be able to. <laughs> like, if if somebody handed you a piece of food on DMT, yeah, they they would may as well hand you like you know. A fucking, you know, a, a Lego nuclear reactor, and told you, to, you know, to put that together. It's you, you just wouldn't have any understanding of what was going on. I mean, it, that's one of the difficulties around smoking DMT. I mentioned earlier is that mm. as, as you're doing it, you, you're taking hits on this pipe, and by the time you get to like the third hit, you you don't understand what what is happening in terms of like a mouth and a pipe and <laughs> the inhalation of oxygen. It's just because you're now transformed into like this. 14th dimensional tesseract and like you, you're like just, what, what do you mean like you suck the fucking smoke out the pack it doesn't make sense anymore um but yeah but when i when i did uh ayahuasca in the jungle then 
you get to the end of, of the sort of ceremony. So after like, you know, like three hours or something like three or four hours Shit. and they bring out like plates of fruit and stuff and they'd light a candle and you sort of, you'd all get together in the middle of the room and start talking a bit about your experience. And Jesus Christ, it, you have never tasted food until <laughs> like, like fresh mango like that they plucked from the trees of, in, in like the jungle. And uh, yeah, my wife at one point, she, uh, she just went and just like stuck her head in a mango. Just like, <laughs> and just like, just, because she just went all like like feral like like Wolverine on this on this mango, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, I I, I wanted a bit of that love, you know? just fucking demolished it. Sharing is caring. Yeah, 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 I mean, food is is, is awesome on a uh, like fresh fresh fruits and stuff like is really good on uh, like sort of poor psychedelics. Right, because I remember eating. Uh chocolate after salvia I was like oh my god I fucking love chocolate the best of times mm -hmm. but I was like oh my god this is unreal like that that was mm -hmm. the thing actually after salvia I felt so calm it was mm -hmm. really calm I know they treat people in South America with depression with salvia they kind of give mm -hmm. them like low doses but there was a there was a calmness like you know that kind of well, was, that, was that when you were smoking it or did you chew it smoked it mm. smoked it a few times I did a, a, a loads of it and I got nothing yeah, Nothing. and I remember the first time I did, I was smoking it. We we made a kind of uh, water bong out of it, you know. And um, I was turning them into my friend. I went, "This is true," and then everything just went into a fucking cartoon. And I'm like, whoa! And I I don't know. Do you know that painting? That's everything up. It's all like stairs and everything. It's fucking yeah, stairs yeah, it's and everything. I'm in that fucking thing, going whoa! And I'm just looking, and it's like infinite. And then I come out of it. I'm like to my friend, whoa, that was rock And I go back into it again. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. But I always had that weird, that that weird voice, like I told you, which was quite creepy. Because I can still kind of go, that's fucking weird. Well, I, I had something similar one time on DMT. And with all the times that I've smoked DMT, it's always been an amazingly pleasant experience. I've never had any, any negative mm. thing from the smoke. DMT. I've had plenty of, of bad experiences from, from ayahuasca because that's kind of what you expect. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was one point where I was, I was smoking DMT and it kind of like, it's going to be like kind of this hyperspace tunnel that you, that's going to take you to the, the fancy temple. And then it just stopped dead. And this like the, the voice that you described said to me, he said, this is what it looks like when it goes wrong. Oh, shit. And like, for, this, for a moment, I was just like, what? Do, is, there, is there a way out of this? Like, is there, it, you know, and I was, I was, it was in like a void of nothing beyond nothing. And oh, I scary. myself was, was like nothing. And I, yeah, and it seemed to last for a fucking forever. Like Fuck. I was, and it's, but it, it, but it was like it lasted forever. But it, again, it was only like a split second, and then it just carried on, and it launched into the experience, and it was a really good experience. That's that, but that one moment of hearing that thing of like, like it was like you know, this is it. You know, just, I'm just going to give you a taste of what happens if, if you, if you Fuck. Know, of the forces that you're fucking with here. Shit. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Kind of like haunts me. It was like still, it's one of those things where like sometimes you're still in the show and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not like you're not conscious of time probably on DMT. No, I mean I, it's interesting. I had a I, I, I was talking to a guy um, who, like a psychedelic research, like a, a an actual like government sanctioned sort of psychedelic. I think he's from like Harvard or something oh, like wow. that. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, some some place in a, in America called the the Quayle Institute, and they. They're trying to get like sort of you know qualitative data about these these psychedelic experiences, and he had a theory around around what's happening, and and that if we think of our 
sort of normal waking progression of time. So like, I'm here talking to you and this is a moment and this is a moment and mm-hmm. this is a moment. And, we, and, we, and that gives us our kind of linear progression. And it, what his sort of theory was that is that we've got kind of in our brains like a, a, a recycle bin. So just like what a computer does as you're watching, say like a video or playing a game on your computer, stuff's going into memory and then it comes out to memory into the recycle bin to make up space. And again, giving you like a progression through it. And his thing was that psychedelics are basically disabling this, this recycle bin. So then every, every moment then, instead of, instead of replacing the previous moments, that's stacking up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So that's why you start getting these feelings of like parallel dimensions, like being in, in ah. multiple places at the same time. It's because the, the, the memories which are normally being flushed out are now stacking up. So you've got, you've got the feeling of parallel dimensions and infinite time because now time is no longer this linear thing. It's just stacking up into like, I'm here, I am time forever sort of thing. That's um, interesting. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a, a, like a fascinating sort of theory on it and very much reflected my own experiences with it because that was one of the things that kind of really stood out for me with my DMT experiences was this feeling of being in many places at the same time mm-hmm. and having like multiple dmt adventures like there, there would be like scenario a scenario b scenario c you know all happening at the same time and i was and i was equally involved in each one of these things doing different things it's yeah. you know so you you can have like like all the experiences that i've just described tonight could all be happening at the same time within this dmt space and that's not uncommon it's wow. yeah and do you feel like you're still yourself or is there a disconnect and it's, I would say for the, for the majority, um, yeah, so for, for the bulk of my DMT experiences, that when we're, again, smoke DMT to talk about, mm. is that, yeah, you, you feel completely sober in that it's me. So, I, so but I am, you, it's you, it's your consciousness. So I'm, you're not necessarily, like I said, you're not aware of yourself as a, as a mammal or a human being. Yeah. But, I am still, my awareness is completely intact. I am not drunken or befuddled or confused. I am hyper stimulated, if anything. I am completely able to take in all these things that is happening and there's nothing fuzzy about it. It's crystal clear. And so, yeah, you feel very much like you. In fact, possibly more like you're more level-headed than you will right now right and then you you can go sort of further with it which is when then when you start talking people start talking about this kind of like ego death experience where you feel like a complete dissolution of of you but i would say for them i mean those ego death experiences i think that's a phrase that gets thrown around far too much like people seem to think that ego death just means incredibly high um but but you can have um this experience where yeah the, the sense of your identity that itself drops away and that can be fucking terrifying to, yeah. to be honest because it um yeah you, you i mean it can literally feel like like you are a part of you is dying Fuck. but it, but again it can also feel sort of very liberating like like particularly if you, if you do have you know problems all stacked up on mm. shoulders to mm. be able to like to, you know flush that away and say goodbye to the old and be reborn as the new as and that can be a thing but i'll say yeah for the bulk of DM, dmt experiences it's yeah, hyper awareness almost. It's wow. So, um, and do, do you and your do you and your wife have similar trips? Um, I don't know because it's the the, the language is is in, impossible. So, uh, like every word I have said to you 
tonight is like as true as it as it can be, but it doesn't come anywhere close to. Okay. I mean, just the fact that you know I am describing some sort of object, it it, it doesn't make any sense in terms of what's happening. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the the certain the certain key things which which I'll describe and she'll describe. Um, I think mine do tend to lean more towards sci-fi stuff. I, I definitely seem to talk more about like kind of like space station-esque sort of galactic elements. Um, Would you be into should, sci-fi? Oh, I mean, for, yeah, for, I'm a for, absolute talking sci-fi sort too, of nerd. Um, but it. I would say like this, the sci-fi-ness of it though is, again, it's not something I think I could have come up with. It's, it okay. really is a, a, a step above like your average Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Um, well, any, anything's above a step above that new Star Trek shit, so. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Which, which, which one, like, you want to make Discovery? Or, or... Oh, Discovery. Oh, Discovery. Yeah, that last... And Picard I, I, was bad. Picard was bad. I, I, I didn't even watch Picard, and you know I love Picard <sighs> from the Next Generation. Me and, too. Um, yeah, I, I just saw where that was going. I thought I cannot be asked this. Well, Discovery. I don't know I, what that I, is. I watched season one of Discovery, and I, I actually quite liked. I quite liked all the mushroom drive stuff. I thought that. Right. I thought that was a very cool sort of <laughs> okay application thing, but. The season two of it, I just thought, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, it's it's made by people who don't like Star Trek. That's yeah. that was well, my. It's made by people who don't like making good television. Yeah, movies, yeah. <laughs> that's probably a better apt description of it. It's terrible shit. Like, I, yeah. I don't want any more Star Trek. I don't want any more Star Wars. Just stop. And actually, The Mandalorian was good, but I don't want any more of those Star so, Wars movies. I've not even got around to The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was... is good, man. It's good. Is it? I'll, I'll, it's, it's, good. It's, it's on. It's definitely on my list. I'm, I'm just doing. Uh, I'm doing the boys at the moment. Oh, um, so fucking good. Fucking love it, man. It's yeah, one of the best uh, new shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's just. I mean, it's just so funny as well, just to see like Carl Urban doing this. This like Cockney. You know, yeah, yeah, you fucking can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so over the top. But it's like, yeah, it's still they just like that. They're having like top laugh, just making that. Well, uh, are you finished? All of it, are you still going no, I'm, I'm on. Um, I'm on uh, episode four of season two at the moment. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, it's it's just it's just been where, the one word the deep has just sort of like sort of come back into the fold of it. It hasn't. Uh, I actually can't really. No, I won't say anything. I was, I, I, I was nearly. I was nearly like, oh shit, watch it. I better not say anything. But uh, <laughs> I've been telling everyone about. It. It's like you gotta watch the boys, and then no, they're yeah, like, it's... what's it about? You're like, it's about superheroes, but it's not about superheroes, you know, because it is, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's not a typical superhero shit show, if you know what I mean. No, no, definitely. I, it's, it's one of those. I think where yeah, you, you just gotta like put it on and let it speak for itself. Because it, you said they say yeah, it's about like bad superheroes oh that sounds so fucking lame yeah 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 <laughs> even no, like awesome even the first main scene in it where he's where where um the dude runs through his girlfriend oh like, yeah his missus oh, gets turned into, into yeah cherry pie like <laughs> he's just holding her hands so you're like what <laughs> the fuck but that's the thing so i saw oh watching it over there like it's so brutal like it's like it's not just people getting killed like people that are in like, their heads pulled pulled open in <laughs> yeah all sorts of ways and like Fucking, it's fucking, it, it's, it's a rough one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking but it's, yeah, But it's a, it's, it's a refreshing, a refreshing bit of television. We're in an age where we get a lot of like 
gold. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some, some yeah. like the, the, the difference in TV shows between when I was a, a, a kid and like what we get now. I mean, these, it's basically movies made yeah. for TV. You know, like it's Hollywood level production stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a golden age we're in, man. This is like one of, one of the things when like people are all like down on the world at, at one time. I'm like, this is like amazing, really. Like, like the, the internet, like you know, just fucking anything you want is like beamed into your hand. Like anytime that you could talk to people across the world, like music is like amazing. These are like, what are you talking about the world? <laughs> and the awesome. mad, the mad thing about TV shows is, I remember years ago, no Hollywood actor do a TV show. They're like, oh, that's beneath mm-hmm. me. And now they're like, can I do a TV show, please? Mm-hmm. Every one of them wants to do it, like. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I mean, because I think it's that chance for like a bigger sort of narrative. You know what I mean? It's it's every every Hollywood actor wants you know the role that's going to like define them or something like that. And it's kind of hard to pack that in. You know, you have to have, have like a standout film and a standout mm. actor to pack that into like a two-hour sort of thing. And that's, yeah, that's why you sort of like you. Your most revered films are always like your sort of your big long epic, you know, your Lord of the Rings, your sort of Godfathers, your you know Apocalypse Now is these big three-hour-long jobs. But yeah, so to, I, mean, I can imagine like to, you know, if you can get that same level of quality and sort of storytelling, and but you've got like eight to ten hours of it, yeah. of course they want to do it. You know, that's why it's it's yeah, it's 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 like a no-brainer. I'm just glad to see it sort of come around like that. I was very disappointed by that show. Um, what's it called? Midnight. Oh, Duncan Gospel. Trussell. Yeah, I was like, man, I did not Same, dig mate. it. Same. I, I, was, I mean, I actually did a review on that on, on my channel, and yeah, it, it went. Didn't, the the review didn't go down well because I wasn't gushing over it because right. everyone was like, I mean, on, on paper this should have been my like yeah, dream because yeah. I, I love cartoons. I love Adventure Time, which is one of my fucking favorite cartoons. Ever. <laughs> and yeah, I love, I love Duncan Trussell. I love tripping my bollocks off so it, it's like, it was like <laughs> a recipe for what should have been awesome and i watched it and i just thought and I, I sat down and i sat down with my kids at one my, my kids love adventure time my wife this is going to be like a family event we're going to watch this thing yeah and within like five minutes like this is this is just a podcast with some random shit stuck over the top of it like yeah. this it did not gel at all and i went you know i was looking online people are just wanking over it like oh this is the best thing ever this i was oh, like god it's not it's just it's some trippy visual. I want to say trip, particularly trip, just random yeah. visuals st- stuck over the top of some completely unconnected podcast. And I'd say the only episode I thought was any good was the last one, which again, everyone absolutely fucking creams himself over. <laughs> but uh, the, the last episode does gel more. It, the, the, okay. the visuals did fit with what was going on. And it's, it's this very touching podcast that he recorded be, like with his mother before his mother died oh, okay. like, within a couple of weeks. So that one, that one was was good, but the series as a whole fucking stank. Yeah, I, di- I didn't get that far. I got to like two or three. I was like, I'm out, man. I'm yeah, out. same, same. I, I I did that, and I, I wrote this. I did so. I did this review on my channel, and I was like, I do not get what the big deal is. Here. This is a fucking epic fail. And everyone was like, No, no, you've got to watch it till the end. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it till the end. Like, I'm, if I've sat through an hour and a half of it, and I am completely predisposed to want to love this fucking show and yeah. it just completely turned me off then I don't want to and they're all like oh no watch the last episode I thought, fine I'll watch the fucking last episode so I watched <laughs> it and I was like yeah okay the last episode is is it's heartwarming I'll give it that it's heartwarming okay. but it doesn't redeem the entire thing like there's yeah I, I would not recommend that show at all and I was like yeah I think it 
if, if I get the opportunity, I'll, I'll have harsh words with Duncan Trussell. Like, Duncan, you're one of the most like creative dudes on the planet. You know, he's got this fucking ridiculous imagination. All he did was go and recycle some of your own podcast, you lazy fucking twat. He could have just, yeah, what could that have looked like? Just yeah. let it go, dude. You know, yeah. Have you yeah. um have you seen The Prisoner? What the original? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Paddy McGowan. Stuff. Oh, I fucking love it, man. Oh, I fuck, yeah. No, I saw that when I was like a, um, I must have been like a teenager. They, they re-ran it on, well, it's like, I don't know, BBC Two or, or something like that. Right. When I, was, when I was about like 14, 15. Yeah. And I was aware of it because I was somehow, I was already aware of the meme of I'm not an number, I'm a free man. Oh, okay. And then and then uh, it, it came on and I was, I was sort of like watching TV and, like, and I just, Yeah. I, it's, it's one of my favorite TV shows ever. Me too. And the last episode of that is insane. Oh, it's a mind fuck. It's yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> it's fucking mental. I remember the first, because you know, I'm like watching the last episode going, okay, what's it going to be now? Yeah. And so like, who is it? Who's the yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pulling yeah, masks off. The and monkey, stuff. and then it's, a, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's an allegory, isn't it? But it's fucking, like, that's a What trippy... did you make of it then? What, 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 what did you reckon? Um. I'm not sure, did he ever get out? I'm not sure, was he tripping? Was he like ever doing the first place? That's yeah, was he tripping fucking balls? And there is the whole weird thing with um, the number one is the rocket. There's a, there's a theory that, that the rocket, you know when he's when he, at the end of it, when he's downstairs and there's that fucking rocket with the fucking eye in it, that's who number one mm. is. It was like to do with right. the, the space war, space, you know, back back in the 60s, the, the to the moon, that kind of vibe. Right. But I don't know, did he ever get out of there? Did he just go fucking mad? And this was like some mental thing from all the shit they were pumping him with. Because as it gets I, towards I, the end, it starts getting more crazy and fucking almost like he's tripping. Yeah, I... I think at the end of it, my my take on it was it just it wasn't even supposed to be a narrative anymore. Like the the, the last thing is, it's kind of yeah, just purely just taken as like a, as a piece of sort of symbolism. Whether it's like yeah, you know, we we are also like you know prisoners to ourselves, and you know we're inside. You know we we are we are all sort of like monkeys, sort of you know, and it's yeah. all this, we we sort of trap ourselves in all this psychological. So, so I kind of tend to separate out that that. I mean, I love that last episode, but I think it's like on the one hand you've got like the kind of like this, it's the spy thing, and on the other hand it's just like okay, let's. It's almost like a piece of surreal art, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he and he said it was an allegory, anyways, which is a good yeah. out for him. It's a good way of going. Well, I don't, <laughs> you know, it that. But that's what's great. What's great about it? There's so many things you can you can read into it like the worst thing uh, the worst evil in life is probably yourself. If you you know you're the mm -hmm. number one or whatever that kind of vibe but i love that show I thought and also it, it kind of it, it it means that there isn't a um there's still there's a talking point after the show's finished so it's not mm. like i mean this this is the problem that we have i think with all like sort of media these days we're all so kind of thirsty for the ending and how it's going to tie up and it's never satisfactory no and so and, you know i think this is what like sort of like game of thrones suffered from and, and you know all, all these or even the last Star Wars movie, it's like, well, you try and give them people what they you think they want, and it just, yeah, yeah, it becomes sort of crap. So I think the way to, one way to avoid it is just to do something like the prison, just go right, let's just fucking <laughs> just go fucking <laughs> mad. Yeah, let's just let's, let's see where we where we go with this. I, I actually went to Port Marion last year. 
Where it's Fulham. I've, ne- I've never been, and it's, it's <laughs> it one of, I've always been. I've been near it a few times, and I've got some friends uh, like living in Wales, and I've just. It's always been on my list of things to to go and ch- check out. Oh, it's fucking mad! Yeah, I mean, it's just that's what it's just exactly it's, as they it's, filmed it, isn't it's it? It's mental, like like I I was like fuck, it, I'm gonna go to Wales, gonna climb Snowdon, and I'm gonna go to Port Marion, and I oh. went in there, and after a few hours, I was like, shit, man, I gotta leave. It felt like I was actually trapped. <laughs> Uh, it was fucking like weird man. yeah it was like rover what the fuck it <laughs> felt weird man I was like fuck man I feel weirdly trapped I gotta get the fuck out of here it was uh, well, I, I remember I mean, fucking rover used to give me nightmares because <laughs> that, that thing you know like that pressing like it was it was never clear like what was going on is it I, I was like is it suffocating him or is it like is it absorbing him somehow? yeah because like, some rover? people some people rover would kill and some people it would just knock them out you know, because it was, yeah, but it was just always like fucking this horrific groaning, yeah, the, roaring <sighs> noise. That, uh, yeah, uh. so it was like it was whatever they want it to be. I think it, my dad was fucking hilarious because I he'd say, "I never that show never ended." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "I was watching that for years." I was like, "Huh?" I said, "You must have been watching the same fucking episode." I think he was <laughs> the Wharton playing it, and it, by the time he'd not watch in sequential order, he'd be watching different bits of episodes and not realizing that he's watching the same episode again. And he has himself become a prisoner. To the prisoner. <laughs> it's like the, the fucking the, the levels of meta there. <laughs> <laughs> Trust my fucking dad to get caught in that. <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking, it's a great, I mean, what that must have been in itself, like a sort of a golden age to be able to like, like, what does that proposal look like? Yeah, we're going to do a thing about some guy who's I trapped know. in a fucking, in this little twee village where, yeah, fucking weather balloons are trying to stop you from escaping and just the most elaborate plans ever to try and get this guy to talk. It's, I know. The, the one would like to put him in a coffin and took him and like recreated London or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the chimes of Big Ben. Yeah. <laughs> that was it because it was out of sync with his watch, wasn't it? Yeah. It was and you, you know, there's a different order to watch it in. You you can, you yeah. can, yeah, if you watch it in a different order, it's called, I think it's called the six of one. It's right. really cool way to watch the show because you're like, fuck, okay, yeah. It changes the way the show works. As you right, watch okay. it, yeah, I think it's called. I think it's called the Six of One. Uh, oh. If you Google ru- best running order for the prisoner, you'll see all these different run ones, and it's much. I think it's much better than the actual like broadcast version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I don't know. I didn't know there was like. So what, is, is it kind of like an overarching? Yeah. So they kind of, Yeah, they kind of put like even Dance of Dead, which was that one where the number two is dressed as Peter Pan. That's pretty much near the start. Because that was, I remember that was because the, the number twos would would chop and change. Yeah. But sometimes it would be the same guy, and I, I thought yeah. that seems. Yeah. yeah. So, so you'd have like, when I saw it, it'd be like, yeah, it would be like Leo McKern. Yeah. And then there'd be a three weeks difference, and then it would be Leo McKern again. It's like, yeah. Okay. Because it was only supposed to be like a really short run thing, mm. and they just you know the way the networks back then they wanted shit tons of episodes and you can kind of see him losing his mind towards the end of the show it, you know it, it, it's so fucked up like there's a fucking western one you're like what is this even but he's so good at it as well I mean like yeah like, like uh, yeah Patrick McGoon he's just he, he does like the stoic hero so well but he does the fucking nutcase incredibly yeah. well as well yeah he's just such a uh, like a broad actor. He's an I, amazing. I, I fucking loved him when watching uh, Braveheart. Oh, Braveheart! He's fucking yeah. crazy. Where he's like, it's just so funny. He's just fucking just throwing guys out the window and shit <laughs> like, like, like that. Just what a ledge. And he's he's in loads of episodes of Columbo playing different characters. Yeah, yeah. 
around. <laughs> I mean, every, every fuck was in Colombo. Right? Like, no, I was in Colombo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the other, the other thing that like re resurfaced from that era, well, not that era, but the the era which I saw it, was um, uh, Twin Peaks. I fucking oh, loved, fucking brilliant. I, I like when that was first run, and that had the same thing where it was the first season. Yeah, it was I was absolutely mega, and then they, I think they, they started losing it a little bit in, in the second season. But by by the end of it, like the. The, the, when, when that tied up in a, when I was a teenager, I was like fucking hell, like, this is amazing. It's and I didn't quite get as much into the into the remake thing that the, the sequel thing. Yeah, did yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't quite click with me as much. But, it's uh, it's always hard to bring back something that's like iconic, and you're trying to recreate that, and you never can really. Mm. It's like, yeah, you're, especially from something when you when you saw it when you were a teenager, because like you, it's that moment in your life you're piling so much meaning onto these things, and there's so much like. It's such an iconic moment of your life that, yeah, you're, it's, you're almost like trying to capture the impossible there. Yeah. When bands get back together and they have a shit album, you're like, oh, lads, should have just stayed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Has anybody ever been in someone who's, who's pulled it out the hat by when they come back? I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rare one. Yeah. I, think, I think you're remembered more if you kind of... We, as humans, we we almost we don't want anything to end. But when it does end, we're more fascinated by it because we want it to return. But we don't really want it to return. Yeah, but but the ending itself is usually the thing that gives it some sort of poignancy or yeah. some sort of meaning, and that's yeah. that's the bit that we kind of over. It's a bit like you know when again, like when you're a teenager and you 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 break up with your girlfriend or whatever, and it's this 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 moment of like oh you know. This means everything. And then he's like, "Oh well, let's get back together." And then she's about to go, "Oh fuck this!" You know? <laughs> You're like, what? "I didn't really want this, but you just wanted you want." It was that drama of the moment that you kind of wanted. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. What you would talk about with like bands, or you know, with, you know, when there's like a, a movie sequel coming out, like like with a Star Wars, it's like, "Yes, it's kind of you want this so much." And then yeah, when I was sat there watching that last oh. Star Wars movie, and I had my, my uh, daughter with me, and I was like. This this should be a moment which we you know the passing of the torch and it's, it's and they're like oh, I've got to admit this sucks man this yeah it was <laughs> so bad uh, like I hated the, no... I hated the second new one the last Jedi so so much that the third one I think I hate even more because at least even though I hated the second one at least he tried to do something on his own accord and then they just retconned all that in a weird way and I was like Ugh. yeah I, I I didn't mind the second one. I, I didn't like it. No, um, but I've I I've got enough of a man crush on Adam Driver to, sort of <laughs> to, to get me through it, and yeah, and so all, all the stuff like in, in the sort of like the, the throne room, and when he's like, "Fucking kill Luke Skywalker," then yeah. it, I was like, "Oh, go on, Adam." So, <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the third one, there was just there was nothing where I thought any of the characters were like I I just gave a shit about, and then and. And yeah, and the only one I liked was Adam Driver, and he was dead at the end of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screw this then. I'm not going to buy these action figures for my kids. I can. <laughs> Spoiler alert there for anyone. <laughs> oh, all right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares, mate. No, no. No, if, save you three if, hours, if you like. thanking us for saving them, saving them the money on that one. He, he was fucking good in it, though. He was, he was a great, he was great. Like, he had a presence and everything about him, but just the writing was shit, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember when I saw like The Force Awakens, and I was super, you know, like within the first five minutes, he's like catching fucking laser yeah. bolts in mid air and, and like, yeah, this guy's a badass. And, it, you know, it, the, the writing in The Force Awakens was, was shoddy, but mm. I was, yeah. I, I, I liked 
the I, I like the sort of the um, the Kylo Ren sort of arc, and everyone was like, "Will," and he's always he's he's like an impetuous kid, and I said, like, "Yeah, that's that that's an." I thought that was an interesting, mm. and at that point, it was kind of, you know, you weren't sure who was going to be like the 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 Jedi lead sort of thing. So there's a lot to sort of get my teeth into, and I thought, all right, well, the second one will solidify all this, and then it's yeah, I don't know what the f- yeah fuck happened there. <laughs> all, all, all that. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just not. A, it's just not a good movie at all. And I hated that they killed Luke off. I was like, "Come on, man! Don't kill Luke Skywalker. It's Luke Skywalker." Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, that was the sort of the, the thing we were talking about, where you get like you're excited to see that you want, you want to see Luke Skywalker be a badass, and he was a bit of a badass at the end, yeah. but like not enough. Like you know, this, this is, yeah, he was. I, only... I didn't necessarily. I was down with. Handing the thing over to the new characters. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily see one of like Luke and Han fucking this shit, but yeah, I, I, you wanted sort of Luke to be like the sort of the badass men, you know, like a bit like when you saw Yoda in the prequels or something like that. It's just a bit more, yeah, a, a bit more of a bit more ass kicking would have done it, but it was, it was just such a fucking feeb in it. It was, uh... yeah, and like even like the arc from like he's this angry fucker on an island. You're like, come on, man, that's not Luke Skywalker. I'm sorry, that's just uh, and that was a fucker because at the end of The Force Awakens, it was so oh, set up I so they good. It and it was there and they passed him the thing, and it's like, duh, 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 and the camera pans around. It's like, <laughs> I was like, I am sold. I, I, I would have bought the, the fucking season ticket there and then, like, but, and then yeah, they just throw it all the way ahead. But they, I mean, that's that's their sort of prerogative to do, I guess. But they should have just think it's worked in the favor at all. Yeah, they should have just had JJ um, Abrams direct the three of them. That would have yeah. And solved... They should have had a fucking plot. Like, okay, we want to make three movies. Like, let's okay. Let, here's here's the story. Like, <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's you know, let's have a sort of satisfying thing because you could sort tell with that last one that it was just made up on the fly and just made up on the fly. Like, yeah, to the point like it's too. Who cares about Zori Bliss? Like, who the fuck's Zori? Like, I know, and I've got a, got a token that'll let you land on the fucking stage. Right? Like, we don't. That was yeah. silly. That doesn't make any sense. Got a fucking magic coin that lets you land on a navy's fucking. What? It just, yeah. And I, I was, I remember looking across at my daughter and just thinking, even you know this is bullshit. I don't like that. I can't, I, I can't even try and, and pretend to like we're having like a like a bonding moment here over this piece of sci-fi. It just fucking, it sucks. I'm, I'm sorry I brought you here. I'm sorry. I'm, what, what can I do? I'll make it up to you. Did your daughter like it? No, she thought it fucking sucked. Oh That's god. Like, and, which is, it's again, it's kind of tragic because when you have kids, you want them to sort of be able to share in some of these yeah you know, experiences and like you know the, yeah. the fucking mother sits them down and watches you know like labyrinth with them like looking at David Bowie's massive. Jock strap in it like and, and they piece. love that they find it they find with labyrinth but like I want to sit down I want to get into some of my shit like, <laughs> you know I want to go and buy him all the Star Wars stuff so we can sit there and play Star Wars but no, no yeah and it's, just, you can't blame them it's so <laughs> it's a good excuse for you to just buy toys for yourself it is I mean I mean that that is the best thing about having kids I just went and yeah as <laughs> soon as so like the day they were born I was just buying like ridiculous Lego sets that they had no chance of assembling <laughs> just so I could well, I could do it and like Oh well, what do the kids want for Christmas here? They want to Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they want. So yeah, it's it's the perfect opportunity to uh, express your inner child. Yeah, um, and, and legitimately. Uh, are you gonna like? Uh, eventually, I'm sure you're you're gonna 
tell your kids about psychedelics? Well, kind of told them. I mean, we we had to to because there were times when me and me and the mother disappeared off to Peru for two weeks, and yeah. you know, like the grandparents came and looked after them, and so yeah, we we didn't hide that. The, the way we kind of sliced it up is that we don't want to do anything to compromise the kids. I don't want to give the kids more information than what they might be comfortable with mm-hmm. talking about. So, you know, we certainly don't, don't tell them anything about sort of, you know, you know, LSD or mushrooms or, or DMT and stuff like that. But if we're going away to do a retreat, to do a perfectly legal retreat, you know, yeah. in another country, and, you know, then, we, then yeah, I don't want to, like, hide that from them. We, we tell them and as, as best as we can, um, you know, that this is what we're doing and we're going drinking drinking some, you know, some medicine that puts you in, like, a bit of a trance kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and yeah, they, they think it's utterly mundane. They think they think it's just like I mean, every, every child rebels against their parents, so they just think we're dickheads. Um, yeah. And the kind of the, the flip side of that is that then they are now completely uninterested in doing any sort of drugs because drugs are just lame shit that the parents do. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like works in our favour. It's um, that yeah, they, they kind of we, right. Well, that's we, we don't have to cross that bridge then. That's yeah. yeah. But I suppose you know. Obviously, that'll do while they while they sort of you know young teenagers. But yeah, if, if it gets to a point where you know I've I've been on uh, like ayahuasca retreats where there's been like sort of father son combinations there. Okay. And yeah, I'd I'd, I'd 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 be open to that. I think it's a it's a a dynamic you'd have to tackle, but because uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it can be quite difficult being with any you know being with anyone you know going through one of these experiences because it just opens you up so much like i'm gonna sit like crying my ass out and shitting my pants while my <laughs> you know my, my, my young son's looking up to me like oh no <laughs> right, dad <laughs> yeah. don't mind but, me boy That's yeah <laughs> Ho- hopefully they'll like legalize that stuff in ireland because we used to get stuff and now it's like shit man because i don't know where it, I'd, I'd say it's impossible to get the well I did fucking I don't know, but I'd say it's probably impossible to get DMT in Ireland unless you're in the click of that kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of it is like sort of down to who you know. That's um, it. What what what's your um, what's your next uh, drug of choice that you're trying to get that you've never had? Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm I'm. I mean, it, it probably would be salvia if if I really. If I if I came across it, um, but I'm I'm not necessarily one of these people who like I want to try sort of you know everything just for the sake of trying it. Yeah, I think the 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 stuff I've I've, I've tried I have tried quite a few different things, mm. and I find that the the main ones that seem to have to work and have the best effect for me are the most kind of like the mainstream ones of you know MDMA, psilocybin, DMT, um, mescaline, and the other ones are, I, I I find myself like, oh, it's a bit like MDMA, or it's, oh, it's a bit like Sarsan, but it's not never quite as good as. So yeah. I'll if something comes along, I'll I'll try it out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like sort of trying to work myself way through like the directory of <laughs> of all substances and sort of. Um, I kind of I think I found I found what works. I found what I enjoy and what I, what I found what what's useful to me. So yeah, I'll probably stick with them and i've got an, an ayahuasca retreat coming up um in about four weeks so wow. i'll uh yeah i'll be giving that away which i'm kind of glad for because I, I was hoping to to do one this year but then obviously with all the 
COVID shit, shit yeah. Yeah, I, I did just, um, yeah, everything just got sort of cancelled, but I think this one's going to go ahead, so. And is, is it bad over there, the COVID? In Switzerland, it's, yeah. uh, it's picking up a bit, but I think in terms of what's, how, how it's gone down, we've got off really lightly compared to the rest of Europe. Right. So I, because of uh, the, the job I do, I, was, I went travelling to Belgium about six weeks ago, and I, it was a complete culture shock for me because I, I didn't realise how bad other places in Europe had it. Oh. Um, so in, in Switzerland, the only place you really had to wear a mask was if you were on a train. Um, uh-huh. Even in the airports or if you were shopping, no masks, no restrictions. I got to Belgium, it was like masks everywhere. <laughs> it, take the mask off, like police would just jump on you. Like, you know, um, there were like thermal checkpoints set up that you'd like, like in the street. So for something you were just scanning people and shit like that. Fuck. So it was, it was very dystopian. Um, it's all, it is very dystopian. That's mm. the word for it. It's quite, it creeps me out a bit, man. It's kind of like, I'm like, fuck, this is 1984 shit right here. It, it, it definitely is. And I, 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 there's all, all this kind of stuff going on, like, you know, around like, you know, this is a hoax or something. And I'm, I, I don't buy that. But because I, th- I, th- I was trying to think, like, I was, I was got it. I got myself sucked in some sort of argument with some some person who was like, "This is an absolute hoax." And I was just thinking, who who benefits from every <laughs> every country across the globe going down? So if this was like, if this was all centered on, like, say, on the US or or the UK and all these restrictions popping up, but like, you know, the Middle East is buzzing, and you know, and, and yeah, everyone else is sort of fine, but it's not the entire globe is pretty much fucked and, and <laughs> having facing the same economic restrictions and problems. No yeah. one's winning here, so no, who's who's perpetuating the hoax? And well, well, then you get it. It's, of course, it's the Illuminati and the lizard people and all that shit. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't seem to me like like there is a a strategic winner to this, which no. sort of, I, I think disproves any kind of like hoax angle to it. Yeah, yeah. That is the fucking world we're living in, my man. It is. It is strange times. Who would have thought? See, we we, we have we've got the golden age of television, but yeah, we're, all, <laughs> we're stuck in our houses, fucking <laughs> dying well, from respiratory illnesses. Well, this has been a fucking cool chat, man. I really, really yeah, appreciate bit. your time, man. I enjoyed it. Oh, you're very welcome. I've mate. learned. Yeah, I've bit. learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my in ramblings about drug culture. Hey man, I'm all up for that. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. I, I really enjoy sort of like talking to sort of, you know just like-minded, grounded people. So yeah, it's going to do it again. Give us a shout, man. Definitely, man. I'll, I'll um I'll link you all this up on Instagram and all that jazz when it's all up. And uh, yeah, man, fucking thank you so much for taking time out to do this. I really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, man. I mean, I've got to go off some, some crazy tangents there about the prisoner and stuff. So I'm, hey. I'm, it's, good, it's good to get that opportunity, mate. And where can, if people want to reach your your site and your website, give me all the give me all the details there. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly just my YouTube channel. That's where it's at. So on YouTube, uh, Adept to Psychonautica. I've also got a subreddit and a, a Discord server. But I'd say if you go to the YouTube channel, all the links to all my various other things are there in this sort of channel banner. But yeah, yeah. just Adept to Psychonautica on YouTube and... I'll put all the links and everything in when it's up on Spotify and YouTube and all that jazz. Cool. Right, brother. Well, thank awesome, you very mate. much for taking very time welcome, out. Mate. Right, have, a, dude. have a fantastic night. Will do. You too, pal. See you, bro. Thanks. Ciao.